This is Talking Points, a public affairs podcast from Lessig and Camper Communications, presenting issues and ideas that are impacting Ohio and other regions of the country. Welcome to Talking Points. This is Mark Rickle, and today I'm joined by Maria Gailmore, a seventh grade social studies and language arts teacher at Great River Connections Academy, a statewide online public charter school. Maria has been a teacher for more than 14 years and has spent her career teaching in a variety of settings, including public, private, and charter schools, and, in, and it has enjoyed working with students in the middle school grades. Last spring, when she found herself teaching remotely after the schools were closed due to COVID pandemic, she became very interested in the idea and the capabilities of teaching and engaging students in a true online classroom. As the pandemic continued through last summer, she grew worried about her health and the health of her family and possibly, and the possibility of switching from teaching in person online or in a hybrid model. She worked very hard to learn more about virtual education and she sought out opportunities to teach at an online school. She accepted a position with Great River Connections Academy and right away was able to adapt to this different approach to teaching. Maria is with us today to talk about her transition to the virtual classroom, her experience with engaging students in both the virtual and traditional classroom, and as school districts across the state consider opening their new online or their own online academies, what are some of the best practices she would share with teachers who may be taking, making the transition to an online space? Good morning, Maria, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, thank you for having me. Great, well, uh, let's talk first about your transition from a traditional classroom setting to the virtual classroom setting. What was that like? Uh, well, well, so let me first start off by saying I am by no means an expert at any of this. <laughs> so, um, so if this sounds a little clunky, that's kind of why. Um, but I think by transition, I feel that I need to speak on the ways in which this was actually done. So I taught in the brick and mortar schools my entire career, like you mentioned, I was that one teacher in the room with a group of students working face to face, shoulder to shoulder. I was always on a team. Um, other teachers had, you know, the opposite subjects from mine. But then you know, time went on and I was feeling a bit of a, a drain. I would perform every day in front of these kids who I really believe benefited from that kind of interaction and that style. Um, but there comes a time when change is needed. And I had been interested in virtual teaching or a version of online teaching before COVID came. Um, and then when COVID hit in March, 2020, uh, we were sent home and then asked to continue for a lack of a better word, teach. Um, the school that I was at didn't make it a requirement for students to come to Google meetings or Zoom calls, and the school didn't have a platform to host lessons except for in the Google Classroom, which meant that I couldn't do much except make busy work worksheets and grade them as they got turned in. Um, I occasionally had a, a video call with a student, but they were optional, so it was always the same few kids. Um, and I grew more and more frustrated. I wanted to teach, but I knew that there was a better way. I, I had heard from friends that worked in online school that there was a, a platform that was designed for this kind of teaching. So I started looking every single day. <laughs> um, I finally came across GRCA's posting and applied and here we are. So the transition was more mental 
physically, I had a computer and supplies from GRCA, but I needed to adopt a new mindset. How did I get my personality out there for the students to see and engage with? I had to learn their lessons and go through the Connexus platform. I had to grow more comfortable with picking up my phone and calling them. I had to become familiar with the live lesson classroom and put together resources that they would watch later. I needed to become accepting of my voice. <laughs> I hear it so many times in recordings. <laughs> um, so, you know, but basically I needed to be more flexible than I already was as a teacher. The nature of teaching is to just be flexible. No two days are the same. And that still is the same for this situation. Um, but I admit that I, I needed training and guidance and I still do. Um, and then I actively work to adjust my, my own mental practice, my own, you know, uh, focus on how I direct my day or how I work with students. Um, so I think in terms of transition, I didn't necessarily change in terms of who I am as a teacher, but the way in which I needed to change needed to transition. So like I said before, it's, it was more of a mental thing. I needed to accept that this was different, very different. It's not just sitting behind a computer screen or seeing something that a student um, creates or, or, or writes, and then I give them feedback and send it back as if you would do that to, to anybody. Um, so going from the traditional classroom of sitting behind a desk with students' desks all around you. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the way that it still is. I'm still sitting behind a desk. They still have a setup at home. Um, when we meet in my live lesson classroom, it's still like class. They still act out the way that kids are just generally going to do. Um, but it's all, I think it's all on me where, where I need to adapt to the new way here. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and, and what you're kind of talking about is student engagement. And, and we hear a lot about, um, you know, how students are engaged in the online environment and how they're engaged in a traditional classroom. Mm -hmm. um, talk about student engagement in both spaces and, and what does that look like? We, we kind of all know what it looks like in a traditional classroom. We were all there. Um, mm -hmm. What does it look like in, a, in an online environment? So it's definitely a different animal, <laughs> um, but at the heart, it is still reaching the kids. In the virtual classroom, everything is technical. We use programs to host the live lesson classroom, and inside that live lesson classroom, I have different functions like a chat pod and my video streaming and a whiteboard to use and a way to share my screen or documents that I've put together that are I'm using as my tool. Um, the, the idea of everybody having microphones and videos to talk like that's still that's still happening in real time. So the interaction doesn't get lost. Um, in a traditional classroom, you have props. I mean, I was the one that always brought in something to show and, you know, got real up and close and personal. I can still do that in the, in the virtual classroom. I'm just now on camera. So it's all it is, is changing the technicality of it. Um, so I think it's pretty very, I think it's uh, similar. I don't, I don't look at it as a step backwards or, or, or challenging. It's just, like I said before, I have to go along with this is how it's going to be if I want to get this point across. So how do I engage my students? I do the things I normally would do if I was in front of them in a the classroom, but I'm using different tools to make that happen. I record myself doing videos of how to work on assignments a lot. And the kids that are not maybe at that point 
within their schedule can watch that later and still get me talking to them while they're doing it. Or if I get um, a, a communication from a student saying they didn't know how to do something or how does this work and I haven't put that together yet or it's a different question from what I originally accept, uh, anticipated, I do another video of me screen, you know, screen sharing and walking them through how it would be done. And so that's a personalized interaction for them. So it might not be in real time every time, but it's still me, the teacher communicating to my students in the, in the way that they need to see it. I mean, I could still easily pick up the phone and say, let's walk through this. And I still hear pages turning in a textbook. So that's no different than when I was in the regular virtual or uh, brick and mortar classroom compared to now in this virtual one. I mean, the classroom isn't, doesn't have to be inside a school building. The classroom can be anywhere. That's very interesting. So we, uh, we saw a lot um, when the pandemic hit and the schools were closed and the students were mm -hmm. you know, learning remotely. And we've been saying this, you know, since this all, you know, beginning of time with online schools, but it's not an environment that is for every student. Yeah. Um, and and there is a little bit of, uh, you know, the student has to be kind of self, maybe more self-motivated, um, able to keep themselves on track, but speak in your experience to what are some of the critical factors when it comes to a student success in a virtual classroom? <laughs> Patience. That's, that's <laughs> my first big one every time, anytime working with kids. Um, flexibility, understanding. We don't have a crew of tech geniuses using our materials. We have kids that are using them. And although they are better at adapting to technology than most adults are, they're still kids. Um, but there also needs to be a buy-in. Parents send their children to virtual school for a slew of reasons. And we as the teachers are working with all walks of life and ability levels, just as if we would be doing in a brick and mortar public school building. Um, but the lessons are designed so the student can read through or interact with it independently. And then the caretaker, the parent, or even me, um, the teacher, they're expected to check on their students' progress and step in as a co-teacher. So that buy-in is needed by everybody. Um, we teachers reach out to our students, we hold our live lessons, we have those phone calls, like I mentioned, um, that the success happens when the cycle completes, where the student does <clears throat> the work that they're, <clears throat> excuse me, the work that they're expected to do. I check on that or even grade it and the parent at home also makes sure that they are on track. And that's, that was part of their agreement when they signed up for us. Um, and the material is the same that's offered in a brick and mortar building. I know because I've taught these subjects for years, <laughs> the, the way in which it's given in the virtual settings might take some getting used to, but that's where the student's flexibility and patience comes in too. It's not just on the part of the teacher waiting for a 12 year old to <laughs> get up in the morning and get to work. Um, so I think, I think because of the nature of you can work anywhere at any time, three o'clock in the morning, if you really wanted to, I, I think that lends itself to the, the, the child that needs the virtual education. Um, like you said, it's not for everybody. So if you're willing to be um, behind your computer screen and interacting that way, but also being more independent and having a stake in your own education, then this is the place for you. It's not unattainable by any means. I have students with bigger disabilities than you might think 
that are still managing to make it through and they are happy. They're happy kids because they're learning. They're learning. They feel like they're going to school. They do have a community around them with their classmates. They can get involved in other extracurriculars and they probably feel a little bit more safe, comfortable, able to be themselves a little bit easier because they're not hampered by, you know, the drama that comes with a regular brick and mortar building. So I think, I think at the heart of it, it's still, it's just kids. Then they, and they, they need some kind of attention and this environment provides that for any level, any, any, any location and any time of the day. I'm not waking up at three o'clock in the morning to answer webmail. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but I can sometimes see when they are working and I think to myself, okay, I guess if that works for you, well, I'm sleeping. <laughs> well, at the end of the day is the work getting done. Exactly. They, you, know, they, you see their portfolios, you see what's yep. being turned in and you, yep. you see, you see the results in their exams and their tests. So mm -hmm. the, um, what recommendations would you have for a teacher that may be continuing to teach in an online environment? Um, if, if, you know, in the, as we said, traditional schools are looking at opening their own online academies. Um, you know, what recommendations would you have for a, 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 a fellow teacher? So there is something to say about virtual education and the way it lends itself to specially designed format for all ability levels. I, I truly believe that. Every parent wants a curriculum that's designed for their child. I hear this all the time. Do you have a curriculum that's for my, my student who is at a below whatever level? And the problem is the vocabulary in that situation. The curriculum means the resources, the lessons, the supplies, the materials the teacher uses to get the state standards across. Um, but what parents really want is a school experience that's designed for their child. And we have that in virtual school. It's almost like ordering off the a la carte menu. You can pick and choose what you want. And I have found that the teachers who work in this environment are more approachable. The stresses of being in a school building are removed and the noise of that environment is removed and the bureaucracy is not as loud. So these teachers have all the time in the day to focus on the student, which is who matters the most. And for my part, I'm staying. <laughs> I found my forever home. Um, I love that I can still practice my craft, but not have the added headaches or stresses of the brick and mortar building. So I would say the same to any of my fellow virtual teachers. We still make a difference. We still work hard. Goodness, very much so we work hard. Um, we're still focused on the part of education that really matters. And this wave of virtual education is not over. The world is adopting more virtual lifestyles, not just because of COVID, but COVID definitely was a catalyst. And the need for the for this type of education and this technology to harness a virtual teaching environment will continue to be relevant. So stay the course yeah. and 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 keep saying yes, I want to come back next year. <laughs> exactly. Well, that that I really appreciate your perspectives on here. This is um, we 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 all got a little flight more of a flavor of what you know remote learning or online learning looks like um this past year and uh um uh, appreciate you you know giving your perspective of, of what both environments you know uh the what works what doesn't and and mm -hmm. uh, and how how uh um this is going to continue to grow because you know a lot of technologies being 
um, utilized in, in a traditional classrooms now. And this is kind of what it's all looked like. So um, Maria, thank you so much for your time um, and, and for your uh, perspective this morning. You're very welcome. Thank okay. you for, for having me and letting me chime in. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thank you.